This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing, where we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators that are driving transformation across their industries. This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. In this podcast, we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators who are driving transformation across their industries. I'm Patrice Sikora. And with me today is Pete Cherowich, President of Asset Servicing at Northern Trust, and Charles Lamana, Corporate Vice President, Business Apps and Platform at Microsoft. Together, we'll explore the nuances of digital workplace transformation, gain insights into the future landscape of work, and get an exclusive peek into the strategic collaboration between Northern Trust and Microsoft. So let's get to it. Pete, welcome back to the podcast. And Charles, Thanks for being here today. Gentlemen, before we jump into this conversation, let's learn a bit about the both of you. So can you give us both a brief hello and introduction? And Pete, why don't you kick us off? Hi, good afternoon. And, and for those of you that listen to the Faster Forward podcast, I'm sure you know me, so I won't bore you again. Uh, but Pete Cherwitz here, Head of Asset Servicing at Northern Trust. Charles, your turn. Good to meet everybody. And thanks for having me on. Charles Amana, Corporate Vice President for BizApps and Platforms here at Microsoft where I've been for the last 10 years after a small company I was acquired back in 2013. All right, Charles and Pete, then please explain the concept of a digital workplace, how it is shaping the way we work. I mean, basically, what does digital workplace transformation mean in today's context? Charles, why don't you kick us off there? Absolutely. So one of the things that we really are on a journey with with so many of our customers at Microsoft is this idea of digitizing more and more of what it means to be at work. And historically, that's been very information work centric, but increasingly with things like IoT and things like increasing use of mixed reality and other digital representations of the physical world, um, it's really kind of expanded to be something very broad. And the reason digital workplace is exciting to so many of our customers is you can start to optimize and improve processes without having to change bits and atoms. Um, and you're able to actually roll out optimizations, intelligence, improvements, all the way to all the end users without huge kind of capital investments or other changes. So that's kind of what we've been on and a journey we've been on since the very beginning of Microsoft. And I think it's really gotten, of course, very mainstream these days. But of course, every few years, it changes in a pretty meaningful way. And Pete? For me, it's it's all about tapping into the talents of all of the workers that we have in the company, because the tools that are available today for them to do coding while still in a controlled environment that will enable them to implement things fast, create solutions for clients. Fundamentally, frankly, it's more fun than processing the same thing day in and day out. So the digital workplace is all about giving the tools to the, the individuals to deliver results for our clients in a better way. And not only that, but it's actually the interaction model that we have between both internally ourselves. So is it emails back and forth or are there better ways to interact with ourselves and between ourselves and our clients? So what's the right interaction model between that? So this whole digital workplace is the entire ecosystem of how we're going to interact with each other and how we develop solutions for, for our clients. Charles, in your opinion, what are the key components that make up an effective digital workplace transformation strategy? 
Right now, we really see three big areas that are super important to be successful. The first is empowerment. How do you go empower every employee to feel as though they can solve the problems that they face each and every day without having to go through a very thin straw with say only through IT or only through coders and developers? And if we look at kind of the broad arc and history of personal computing, that's what it's all been all about, bringing spreadsheets to every user, bringing word processing to every user, emails, collaboration, and even increasingly things like lightweight development and automation. So empowerment is absolutely critical. The second one, and I think this is one that we've all learned very much over the last couple of years, is this idea of collaboration. How can you use digital offerings and digital workplace solutions to really enable people to work together, whether that's through asynchronous communication like email or real-time communication through video conferencing or chat or what have you. It's all about bringing people closer together. And that's one of the things that just gets better every single year because we make the technology work more and more in the terms that make sense to people. So empowerment, collaboration. And the last one is I'd say AI and AI automation. And this is one where we uh, really are seeing an opportunity to take away so much of the mundane and repetitive and low value work that people deal with every day by using, I think more generally automation, but right now it's very much around AI when we talk about automation. And if we think about what Pete was talking about, this is the, the big transition that we're starting to see where more and more better employee experience, customer experience, and operational efficiency is coming about because of those things. So in my mind, three big things, empowerment, collaboration, mm-hmm. and automation. All right. All right. So Pete, what prompted Northern Trust to take on this digital workplace transformation in the first place? Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question. You know, for me, as I look at our partners that we have here, and by the way, we call our employees partners at Northern Trust. We really wanted to understand a couple of things. How can we tap into the talent? If you go back, I'm an old guy and it used to be macros. All right. So empowerment used to be, I used to be able to do a macro on Microsoft Excel. That's great. But the tools now have come so far in the last 25 years, right? It's not just macros, but how do we unleash that power in a controlled manner? So so that was one. The second is that we really have evolved into an email-based financial services system, and we've got to get off email. There's millions of emails flying around. How do we do that? So we have to actually figure out how we get off that. The third is, you know, traditionally, we actually needed to upgrade our CRM's platform. So we have a client relationship management platform. It was old, we had to update it. So we thought about, okay, how do we put all that together? So ultimately we said, what do we do here? And as we were looking at this, you know, we ended up choosing Microsoft Dynamics. And it's interesting because most people will talk about, well, Pete, you chose Microsoft Dynamics over um, Salesforce. And I said, well, interestingly, I chose Microsoft Dynamics as part of the overall Microsoft suite. So it wasn't necessarily sort of head to head in my mind. It was what can Microsoft Power Platform, uh, you know, Office 365, all of Dynamics offer me in the round. And that was going to end up being then the basis of of our digital transformation. All right, Pete, tell us more. Tell us more about why you chose Microsoft. Well, I mean, it's a couple of things, right? So number one is if you go back to your, your own personal life 
and you sit back and you think about the tools you have in your house, right? You know, do you have a Google device? Do you, do you, are you an Amazon person? Are you an Apple person? Are you all three? I would argue that if you are looking for productivity, the most productive thing you can do is choose one path, right? If you choose one path, you're going to get the most out of that ecosystem. It takes a lot though. You got to say, okay, I'm all in in the ecosystem. You got to learn all the features and functions and you got to, and you go. So one of the things that we did was we said, actually picking an ecosystem here, that's an important process. Second, it's got to be cloud-based, right? We need speed. We need features and functions developed quickly. Companies to invest in it. Really important to us was security and compliance. We're a regulated financial institution. And so we need to ensure that anything we do is of the highest security, right? Because obviously cybersecurity is the top of our list of concerns in this world. And we have to make sure whatever we buy and utilize, especially if it's cloud-based, is covered off. But if I look through all of that, the biggest thing for us was workflow and the communication and collaboration. So Charles talked about collaboration, but collaboration in my mind means workflow. And so it means workflow between our clients and ourselves, workflow between the different departments within the company. And what Microsoft Dynamics does is give us the concept of if you get an email that is essentially a case, then we can manage that case throughout Microsoft Dynamics, right? And that will enable us, frankly, ultimately to get better data, to eliminate emails, etc. So that combination of working with Outlook and being in that Microsoft ecosystem is something that we said, all right, that's going to help us. Of course, it has a CRM system and has all the marketing stuff we can do, right? That's great. That's not really what we were focused on. We were focused on what he said is empowering the individuals and the collaboration that this tool enables us uh, to be able to better service our clients. All right, Dynamics 365. Pete mentioned that, Charles. Give us an overview of what Microsoft Dynamics 65 is. So Dynamics 365 is focused on being the business application offerings from Microsoft. And I think there's all the three and four letter acronyms we all know for business applications <laughs> like CRM, ERP, HCM, SCM, kind of the list goes on. But the way we've constructed Dynamics 365 is to be very modular. So when you go to Dynamics 365, you can adopt just our service module. So say if you just want to run workflow around receiving cases and working them, like Pete was talking about, you can just use the service module. Or you can go use our sales module to help you with sales automation. So leads, opportunities, accounts, customers, that type of thing. And it continues for marketing or supply chain execution or core financials or HR tasks and management. All of those are united with a single family of experiences and platforms, but can support each of the departments and roles that need them. And that's something we're, we're really proud about from a Dynamics 365 perspective is that it can cover that full front office to back office. So we have customers who adopt all those modules on a single platform, but you can also adopt the modules one at a time. So that flexibility is really important and really is how we bring all the amazing stuff we have in the Microsoft cloud to each of those roles and lines of business and departments over time. But Charles, what are the features that set this apart from other business uh, software solutions? I mean, is there AI in there? 
Of course. And I'd say there, there's kind of AI everywhere. You, you're going to see it anywhere you go look. But I mean, the one thing I start with, which Pete touched on, which I thought was really important is we really view Dynamics 365 as part of the broader Microsoft cloud. So that means if you spend a lot of time in Outlook working on email, or you spend a lot of time in Excel crunching numbers, or you spend a lot of time in Teams doing messaging and meeting collaboration, all of those applications seamlessly flow from a data and user experience perspective into Dynamics 365. Because who better to do integration between business applications and productivity applications than a company like Microsoft, which does both. So that, that's one big component. And talking about AI, one of the things which is also very exciting is we have this big vision of the Microsoft Copilot. And the Microsoft Copilot is a single AI assistive experience which shows up whether you're sending emails, writing Word documents, or working on a case or working on a workflow in Power Apps and Dynamics 365. So it's that same AI engine and platform across the entire Microsoft cloud. And it just speaks the skills and lingo and language for business applications and business process. And so just like we have always talked about this platform and data and UI integration between say Office and Dynamics, the same thing is true for the AI capabilities today. And we have over a hundred thousand organizations already using the Microsoft Copilot in Dynamics 365 and the underlying platform called the Power Platform. So, so that's another big component. And last but not least, one of my favorite things, just kind of given my history, is the platform underneath Dynamics 365. Because what we realize working with customers is that no two organizations run, say, service workflows or sales processes or marketing campaigns the same way. So every single customer is taking the Dynamics application and then tweaking it and customizing it to match their needs and what makes them unique. And to do that, we have the Power Platform, which is the leading low-code platform out there to create apps with Power Apps, to automate tasks and workflows with Power Automate, to explore and visualize data with Power BI, all underneath that umbrella and integrated right inside of Dynamics 365. In fact, we build Dynamics 365 on top of the Power Platform. So those are three of the big things which really stand apart. Integration in the bigger Microsoft Cloud, the AI story that we have at Microsoft with the Microsoft Copilot, really popularize that term. And the third one is an incredibly powerful set of platform components with the Power Platform. Fantastic. Now, Pete, both you and Charles have mentioned collaboration. So how will a digital workplace help Northern Trust enhance productivity and collaboration? Yeah, I, I guess I'll start with one thing on productivity is that it is still an email culture in financial services, right? Regulators don't want you to text, phone, yeah, people are busy, so people still email. So the concept of embracing that, not fighting it, but just saying, okay, we're going to get emails. How do we take those emails via Outlook and then combine that with Dynamics so that we generate automatically the cases, we can answer them, et cetera? That's, that's the productivity. That happens today. Where, where the vision gets fun is where you say, oh, that's interesting. Now, if I have Copilot next to it and they ask, well, what's happening here? And a person can ask a question, look at our universe of documents and get an answer, great, even better. If we have all our data, for instance, on the status of a trade, and that data is sitting in Azure, right, in a, in a data format, 
you could actually put AI on top of Dynamics now so it could look at the, the question, oh, the person wants to understand the status of their trade. Let me go look at the trades that I know, oh, that trade has settled, here's the answer, and automatically respond. That's where we're headed. So it is the combination of all these things. But the foundation of anything is to be able to get the underlying questions and the interaction model with the client and that data in a way that you can start to learn from it and then you can start to build the models on top of that. So it has incredible productivity advantages for us. And more importantly, the service levels to the clients will go dramatically up because instead of going around and looking for things, they can just get the answer automatically. So that to me is one. The second big thing is that having all the data around what our client concerns are, right, where there's been issues, we haven't been able to, at a minute level, be able to collate across you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of clients every time there's an issue. Well, how many times did that happen over the last year across all of our client base, across the globe? Having a record of all of these things in one platform and allows us to mine the data. And then we can prioritize where we put our capital, where we fix the platform and the systems, our, our core platforms, to deliver a better service. So that... It sounds simplistic, but that storage of the data from every single client query is a treasure trove of information for us to know how to improve our service. Better risk management, better service quality, more agility. Finally, and we talked about the power platform, but it really, we can consolidate everything under one umbrella. So we got email, file, file sharing, SharePoint sites, teams, collaborations, meetings. I mean, there's lots of things. I can get it all together. And again, that enables us to mine that our, our, our workers can manage their daily work much easier. And frankly, we'll just be more agile. So we're pretty excited about the opportunities here. All right. Expand a little bit more on the client side. How does a digital workplace improve client services and, and the client experience? You know, it's one is speed of response. So when you send an email in, you're going to send it into a client service rep. The problem may not be with that, that that rep has sort of uh, the operations underneath. They may have to go to another team and that other team may actually go to another team. The ability to actually get that, assign a case, immediately be smart enough to know, oh, here's the ultimate team that needs to look at that. It immediately goes into their queue. They see it. The client service person can then track, well, wait a minute, we've been answering questions in 10 minutes, we really want to aim for five minutes to close out these cases. So we can start using the data to see how fast we're closing out. Is anything still outstanding? So client service should dramatically improve because of the speed of the response and the data we have that. I do believe that taking the, the power platform and everything we have and enabling the citizen developers will enable us to deliver more customized solutions, but in a controlled manner. So you think of back, I mentioned a macro in the old days. Part of the problems with macros is that they sat on a person's desk and then that person didn't follow the procedure and check them in, et cetera, and they left, you were stuck. And the, the world's moved on such that if you develop something in the power platform, I can have a centralized control, look at it and make sure you've done all the documentation, it's been tested and all that stuff, or I can just shut it off. And so the ability to enable the developers across the globe while still doing it in, in a regulated, controlled risk management way, massive, uh, massive productivity unlock, all right, if we can pull it off. 
Finally, as I said before, getting the data, right? Making decisions around not which client is making the most noise, but actually across all of our client base, what are the number of issues we have and what's gonna impact the most clients here in terms of improving for the next feature or function, hugely valuable. All right, looking ahead, gentlemen, how do you envision the digital workplace evolving in the next five to 10 years? Charles, why don't you take this first? Absolutely, so the first thing I would say is we really view the next five to 10 years will be defined by an incredible wave of AI and resultant automation. And also that that wave will go super fast. It's not something that will take a long time to happen. Like I remember 10, 11 years ago, talking to a lot of customers about the cloud shift, the cloud transformation, and how important that is. And over those 10 years, we still haven't moved the majority of workloads to the cloud. So that's kind of been a slower pace. We do not think the AI transformation will be anything like that. We think what has taken us 10, 15, 20 years in the cloud will happen in the next five years. So what that means for the digital workplace of the future is really two things. The first is kind of going back to this theme that you've heard a lot today, this idea of empowering and enlisting the entire organization to participate in digital transformation. And that means making it possible for end users in finance and marketing and customer facing roles to have permission and ability to go create digital solutions. And we think you should do that with low code, no code offerings. Like we have at Microsoft with the Power Platform, where anyone that can drag and drop or use natural language can build amazing solutions. We think that will be a major component to empower everybody because that's the only way you can go fast enough. If everything has to go through a central planning function, a central budgeting function, and an overall digital strategy, it just can't move at the pace that's going to be needed over the next couple of years. So that, that's the first one. And the second one is what AI is going to do to how we work. So if you look at historically, what, what does collaboration of a team mean? It's a bunch of people working together and maybe they're working on a workflow to borrow Pete's terminology, or maybe they're communicating, collaborating on a document or a solution. That's what's defined collaboration in the enterprise. But going forward, it's not just going to be a team of people. It's going to be a team of people and AI agents. And this idea of humans and say co-pilots working together to go create amazing solutions very quickly will unlock all kinds of amazing potential. Like there's a great stat out there from IDC that by 2026, those who adopt an AI human kind of collaborative environment will see a 25% productivity boost. So that's major major, major benefits in a short period of time. And that will that's not just a technology thing. That's also a, a training and enablement, a change management, and even a team composition thing. And if we go look at Microsoft, the year of 2023 will be defined as the year of co-pilot. And just like how the personal computer changed how everybody worked, we think the co-pilot is going to change how everybody works as well. And every individual and every team and every department will have co-pilots which act on their behalf and help accelerate work in a new and interesting way. So the, that really is a long way of answering. We see that every company is going to have a big change in how they work because of AI, AI agents, and AI co-pilots. And we think the only way to really seize that change and that momentum and that benefit is going to be by empowering the entire organization to participate 
not by just having 1% or 2% of the team that can write code doing all of the AI enablement. So that's what we think is going to really be a defining element for the next five to 10 years. Pete, do you share that? Of course. Um, and uh, I'm not going to do much better with uh, uh, just saying what Charles just said. So I'll, I'll add one thing. You know, if I look at my phone right now, I have a messages app and I have WhatsApp. And a certain amount of buddies are on WhatsApp. Most of my family have iPhones, so we do messages. But I operate in two different channels. We're not going to force everyone to be on one channel globally. I'm sure Charles would like it if everyone's on Microsoft and we're all in the Microsoft universe. Great. Not going to happen. All right. So what we have to do and what will happen is that we'll, we'll have the capability to have multi-channel from the outside come in so that in the inside, we're only working on one because to get real productivity, I can't be getting information from all sorts of you know different places and the person has to log into this one then log into that one. They have to have one way to do their job, but multi-channels coming in. And that multi-channel information ultimately could be voice, it could be you know text, it could be email, it could be anything. And so that's where I think we'll come to as well, the ability to get information anyway into the company. All right, then one final thought, final question for you both. How do you see digital workplaces transforming the financial services industry? Let's narrow that down. Charles, how about you? I think the one of the biggest things we're, we're starting to see is in the financial services industry, an increasing amount of self-service and direct customer facing use of AI. So not just say emails that are read by humans and triaged by humans and a workflow run by humans or humans that respond to a phone call or a chat, but also AI going out and actually acting on behalf of the firm with clients. And they're not, there's going to be limits to this, of course. You know, it's not going to do everything that a person could for various compliance and security reasons. But this self-service starts to, to change the cost structure, but even more importantly, deliver a 24 by 7, instant on, full, fully contextually aware experience, which helps consumer and commercial brands alike. So that's something that we're, we're seeing. And we talk about this idea of help our customers and clients at Microsoft build a co-pilot that faces their customers and their clients. And that's really the direction that things are, are transitioning. And what's great is maybe a few years ago, people did not like to interact with chatbots or conversational AI, but ChatGPT has done a fantastic job of changing that perception and made it so that having a great chat-based experience is a huge feature and a great offering as opposed to a detriment and a cost-saving thing. So that's one of the areas we think is really interesting and happening very quickly. All right, Pete, final word to you. I, I think probably the biggest thing that's happened is that the cost structure of actually implementing all that has gone down to such a degree that institutions now can afford it, that deal business to business versus retail. So if your business case was I have a million clients and I, you know, I'm answering the phone all day, you invested in all these things because the payback was there, but it was still expensive. But now the tech is moving so fast that even if you have a couple thousand clients, that's okay. I can still implement this and I can still get the self-service and the payback is there. That's, that shift has only been the last two, three years, but it's moving even faster and faster. And AI is going to take us even to a new, a new speed that we've not seen before. 
Pete and Charles, thank you so much for your time and this discussion on digital workplaces, Microsoft Dynamics, and the future of modern business. It's clear digital workplaces focus on client-centricity, connection, and collaboration to create a more efficient work environment. Continuing to harness digital innovation is imperative for organizations to create sustained success, and we are excited to see what the future holds. And thank you for listening to Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe to Faster Forward from your favorite podcast app to be automatically notified of new episodes. This audio podcast is being provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as investment advice or a recommendation of any specific investment product or strategy. The information does not take your financial situation, investment objective, or risk tolerance into consideration. Listeners, including professionals, should under no circumstances rely upon this information as a substitute for their own research or for obtaining specific legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice from their own counsel. Northern Trust Corporation, Head Office 50 South LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60603. USA Incorporated with limited liability in the U.S. 